Movie Geeks, we are at the end of our summer camp and other movie tour. This is our last film that we're going to review. And what a film it is. We are going out with a bang. I have two special guests with me on this review. We are taking it to the Girl Scouts reviewing Troop Beverly Hills. I'm here with Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Welcome back. Hello, Rob. Thank you so much. Of course. And I'm here with Noah. I believe this is his uh, first on this uh, summer movie camp and other tour. So welcome, Noah, back to the show. For sure. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for helping me with this review. I know that this is a childhood favorite of mine, and you guys have definitely seen this movie before, correct? Um. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing before, actually. Really interesting. So this was your first sort of watch, I guess. Well, I know I've definitely seen parts of it before. I don't honestly remember if I've seen the whole thing before. I know it's one of those movies that's like it's on cable all the time. And I know I've seen parts. But like, um, you know, I don't there were upon watching it this time. There were a lot of things that I did not remember, so I wasn't sure if I had actually seen the whole thing before. Gotcha. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, this was a rewatch, but it had been years. I mean, years. Probably from, like, when it originally came out. So, yeah, it's been a long time. So it was definitely a lot of things I did not remember as well. (laughs) Yeah, definitely rewatching this film. I watched it on DVD. And there were tons of scenes that weren't as familiar as most of the movie because most of my viewing was on cable television and they cut a lot out. So that'll be interesting to kind of explore as we talk about the movie. But before we get to that, Ryan, tell everyone what you'll be doing on your last day of the summer camp movie and other tour. So we finally made it through summer. It is now August. (laughs) And uh, we are doing a little wrap-up of all the Friday the 13th movies. It's been weeks after weeks of of each movie, and it's finally over. And this is a little retrospect of the whole entire series and what we thought of it, watching it again in order. (laughs) Very good. Yes, so definitely tune in on Friday. Friday for that episode and that will be the official last day well today we are doing True Beverly Hills this was originally released March 24th back in 1989 it is a PG film running at a a time of hour and 45 minutes and is directed by Jeff Canoe written by Ava Astern Pamela Norris and it stars Shelley Long, Craig T. Nelson, and Betty Thomas. The synopsis is a soon-to-be-divorced Beverly Hills socialite is determined to prove to her husband and herself that she can finish what she starts out to do by becoming a den mother to a troop of Beverly Hills Girl Scouts. Phyllis Neffler's life was a symphony of spending. This one, out I'll take the rest. I started my new meaningful life today 
bought a whole new meaningful wardrobe to go with it. Until her husband stopped the music. You never give me an ounce of credit for anything I do. That's because you never do anything! Well, then I guess I'm going to do something right now. Approve! Mom's gonna be our new troop leader. Who are you? Uh, Phyllis Neffler, Troop Beverly Hills. Now, she's changing her style. Well, girls, are you ready to rough it? From Rodeo Drive. I can't let you take the girls out there alone. Why not? Because you get lost in your walk-in closet. To Cookie Drives. That jamboree thing sounds fabulous. <laughs> My trip is definitely going. What is a jamboree? From Room Service. Is this what you call roughing it? One bathroom for nine people? Yes. To Public Service. Today I am here to demonstrate for you CPR. Lie down and open your mouth. Last time I did this, I got more than a patch for it. And from High Society. <laughs> Do you like people to call you dictator or just dick? To high adventure. Ah! I'm sure it's very nice to know how to live in the forest and eat bark. You can prance these little princesses through Beverly Hills all you want. Hi. But you will never really be a real wilderness girl. We'll be fine. We're through Beverly Hills. Shelley Long. What an adventure. Isn't nature fabulous, girls? Troop Beverly Hills. She's not a babe in the woods. We just quit now. Not until we sing Kumbaya. So my first question to you guys is, do you buy Girl Scout cookies? And if so, which are your favorite? Uh, yes. Um, I actually have a Girl Scout cookie story. I listen to a podcast called Straight Talk with Ross Matthews. And Ross's manager, Mark Dagenkolb, his daughter, Dory, sells Girl Scout cookies, and you can order them online. And so I ordered, uh, I don't know, four boxes, six boxes, something like that. You had to order quite a few. And um, my cookies never showed up. And, and I never got an alert. I never got delivered. And so I contacted the friendly people at the Girl Scouts of America, and they happily sent me a new box with all my cookies, and I got all of my cookies, and then I ate way too many um, in one sitting and um, had to get rid of the rest, because otherwise I would have um, eaten myself silly in less than a week. <laughs> and amongst those boxes, what was your favorite? You know, I'm a thin mint girl. Um, I enjoy I enjoy a mint that is trim and thin and skinny. Um, but you know, one thing is I am not a coconut fan. I do not enjoy coconut. But the coconut Girl Scout cookies, I enjoy those very much. I agree. I agree. I'm not a big coconut person myself, and the Girl Scout ones, delicious. Yeah, there there's something go. about Girl Scout magic. I guess. Those aren't tagalongs, right? Tagalongs are the peanut uh, butter oh, ones. Oh, wait, I think they're Samoas. <gasps> yes, okay, names yes. Mixed up, I think you know? that is it. <laughs> and then they have different names depending on which bakery, because there's different bakeries and what part of the country you're in. And I don't know. It's all very confusing. <laughs> but whatever one has coconut in it, it's pretty good. And they have a peanut butter one that's good too, but not the. Yes. I like that there was one, I think it was like peanut butter and chocolate or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up. But <laughs> anyway, I am here for Girl Scout cookies. Very good. How about you, Ryan? 
Oh, yes. Everything that Noah said. Once you start them, you can't stop. That's why, yes, I am the person. I will stop outside the grocery store and buy those Girl Scout cookies. And then you want to keep buying more because you see them standing there looking at you. And you're like, hmm, do I really need six boxes? But (laughs) you do it. (laughs) And that's the problem is this year because of COVID, they couldn't sit outside the grocery store. So they had to do it all online. But if you're going to buy them online, you have to buy like five boxes. Like they're not going to ship you one box of, you know, $3 Girl Scout cookies. So you have to buy like six boxes or whatever it is. I think it's a racket. That's a racket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were your favorites, Ryan? Definitely um, the Samo. We're going to go with Samoans. Samoan. Or Samoas, I think. Samoas, Samoans, yes. So we're going with, like, the nationality of Samoans, I think I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think Tagalongs as well. One of them has the peanut butter and one of them has the coconut. Both are delicious. And a mint thin. I mean, thin mint. I mean, you can't go wrong. That's true. It's a classic. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, I'm very, very boring. I... Well, so here's the thing. My favorite cookie, they took off the market. I loved my lemon wafer. And now they replaced it with some kind of lemon truffle thing. It's all powdered and it's not my jam, but I loved the lemon cookie. And yeah, they just took that away. So I guess because nobody bought it but me, but... (laughs) I always make sure that I buy Girl Scout cookies every year if I can. I don't remember doing it during COVID, which is shame on me. But from a long time, I've always supported the Girl Scout cookies, their sale. And But see, my thing is, and I'm probably evil for this, but if I'm going to, it is, it depends on their sale tastic, tactics on how many boxes I buy. Because I I ask every year what kind of cookies you have, and I want them to sell the shit out of them, and that will determine how many I'm going to buy. Because I, 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 I'm so evil, but that's just me. I want to see them like really work for it and, and not be like, oh, my God, come on down. But at the same time, I just want them to like break out of the shyness or whatever it is that they're doing. Like Mom can't do everything, so... I can buy up to three or four, depending on what they say. So wow, okay, <laughs> I'm, for, I'm I'm kind of for real, but I do make sure to buy them. So was it due to this movie, your love of this movie? It could have been. It could have been. I don't know. I just I just it's just one thing that I just like. You know, they're out in the field, you know, roughing it. You know, they got to set up those tables. Do you sing the cookie time song while you're buying them? <laughs> if I knew the words, I would sing the cookie time song. Every single time. But they probably hear it so many times they're done. (laughs) They're just done listening to that. (laughs) I don't Uh, think they do. (laughs) I think think people like us know that song. I don't think seven-year-old girls today don't know that song. (laughs) Do you think they're like, what? (laughs) Do you think that parents show their kids this movie if they're like in the Girl Scouts? This is kind of like the closest thing they would have as representation in a movie. I wonder if that's a thing. If they're like, ooh, we're going to sit down and watch Troop Beverly Hills. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Yeah. I don't know if this movie is is classic enough. Okay. I, guess if you I grew could be up wrong on it. I could be wrong though. Yeah, like I would say yeah, if you grew up on it probably, you would pass <laughs> it down maybe, but it's not one of those 
probably common ones, yeah, that you would put on. Yeah. But maybe it should. Maybe it should. Like, like to me, it's, and maybe we're getting too far into the movie, but it, to me, it's not like a Home Alone or, or you know, one of those, like, really classic, like, right. the people definitely have to show their kids. Definitely. But maybe, especially, maybe if it's a Girl Scout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about the film. Just a warning, if you haven't seen it, we will be talking thoroughly about the film so there will be spoilers just to let you know but i believe that if you do decide to watch it before listening to us it is free currently on Tubi, i believe so definitely check that out if you do not own it and so what did you guys think of this rewatch you you guys mentioned that there was some different stuff noah you said you barely remember most of what you saw what did you think of the movie today I thought it was cute. I thought that, I mean, I feel like anytime I'm on this show and I talk about one of these movies, I always say, they don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> and it's true. They don't make movies like this anymore. True, and, maybe there's a, and maybe there's a reason why. But, <laughs> um, but no, it was very cute. And I think that for me, perhaps the biggest takeaway was that Shelley Long is actually a really good comic actress. She is brilliant. Yes. She is brilliant. She, she's so good in this movie, and she's done so many things playing a variety of different roles. I mean, this role couldn't be more different than her character on Cheers. But mm. there were a couple scenes in particular, like when they're at the campsite and it starts raining. She's just, you know, she's just a really good comic actress. And I wish that we had, I, I, I'm just going to say it, I wish we had more Shelley Long in our lives. Yes, I totally agree. Most of you guys may remember Shelley Long from the Modern Family series. She plays the matriarch of the entire clan, ex-wife to Ed O'Neill's character. But you don't really see her that much. Brady in, Bunch movies. You in, remember yeah, she was Carol I mean, Brady? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, Brady Bunch movie for sure back in, in the 90s. Which, by the way, was directed by Betty Thomas, who plays, uh, uh, what's her name, Barla? Velda. 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 Evil woman. Yes. <laughs> she directed the Brady Bunch movie. Noah, I reading about this film and I could not believe that was. So I looked up Betty Thomas because I wanted to see what she was in. And they had mentioned that Betty Thomas is uh, this was her last film that she had did. Now, she guest starred on a TV show a little bit ago but other than that she was done with movies she went straight to directing and i couldn't believe how many films that i know of that she's done so ryan she did 28 days later that's sandra bullock when she goes to oh 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 not the not the other one not the other one oh i i did say that sorry 28 days later is a zombie one no 28 days (laughs) with sandra bullock is what she did (laughs) i'm too i love horror movies i can't help myself (laughs) she also did uh john tucker must die with jesse metcalf wow she directed the brady bunch movie which is hilarious because when they're at the Beverly Hills Hotel, Shelley Long's character makes a joke. You call this roughing it, and she goes, one bathroom for nine people? Yes. That is the same situation that she had in the that Brady Bunch movie. really funny. It's so crazy. Yeah. But she also directed a TV movie of the first Wives Club with Megan Hil- Hilty and Allison Hannigan. I have never heard what? of this in my life. <laughs> 
Was it a I, pilot? I don't. I don't. It was a TV movie. I don't know I, if it was a pilot to something. I think it was a pilot because um, IMDb often lists pilots as "quote unquote" TV movies. Right. I think gotcha. it was a pilot. Yeah. Nice. Well, I would have wow, loved that. I, I know I didn't remember that. That would have been a really nice thing. But yeah, Betty Thomas is great. I I, I never knew. You had she also directed. Added. She also directed the Late Shift, the HBO movie about Leno and Letterman. That oh uh, okay, that was really good. Ooh. Velda is definitely a character. I really love yeah, her. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of the rewatch? So okay, so you said this was PG, right? It's so crazy. I had to write this line down when that little girl was helping her mother write the romance book. Felt you, she felt his manhood go into a frenzy. I did not remember that, or it must have been cut out of the TV version or something. I do not remember that or anything like that. So I was like, wait, what? But I loved how like natural it flew off the tongue. <laughs> There is quite a bit of swearing in this movie, too, for it being PG. Yeah, compared to the cable version, of course, watching the DVD, there was a lot of um, curse words in this and long, long scenes regarding divorce. Like, this movie really talked about divorce a lot and just sort of just that dynamic of two parents with the one child and they're like, trying to figure things out or whatever i remember the talk of divorce but some of the scenes that were removed that i saw in this dvd version there was a lot going on like just the amount of talk that was even going on in front of the child like i couldn't believe how like natural they were just arguing with each other in front of her and she was just so mature about it. Like, yeah. usually you don't want to, like, promote to be doing it. But they had, she would, like, literally wake her kid up. I think there was a scene she woke her kid up and was like, who's that girl across the... <laughs> and she <laughs> knew all about from... it. She knew yeah, all the information. I'm... Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of non-PG, like, stuff going on in this film, including, you know, the whole <laughs> sex novel thing. But... This is one of my childhood favorite movies. I mean, I laugh out loud still to this day anytime that I watch it. And like Noah was saying, like Shelley Long's comedic performance in this is just so good. So likable. It is. And also, it's crazy the idea of rich people being the ones that are being ridiculed in this movie. Like, it's not a good thing to be rich from Beverly Hills, to be, you know, the one, you know, from the you know, rich neighborhoods and, you know, don't know how to rough it. Usually it's the other way around where rich people are putting down sort of the lesser class. Did you guys kind of like feel that, I don't know, sort of that 1%, not 1%, but that 99% was sort of like, like kind of over the 1% in a way, or was it just sort of within this troop scenario where being rich was not really something to brag about? I mean, it was definitely something that I noticed and something that is, like you said, uh, uh, a little counterintuitive to, you know, like a lot of movies, it's the rich people making fun of the poor people or whatever. Um, But, you know, one thing that was interesting to me about kind of how they portrayed the rich people and stuff, I think, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of stuff about 
quote, especially about quote unquote Beverly Hills. You know, like there was a lot of Beverly Hills 90210 and all of this stuff <clears> about <throat> Beverly Hills. And it really kind of, you know, for me not growing up in Los Angeles, uh, you know, it gave me this idea that like Beverly Hills is like this whole other world and it's like a completely different, like it's this magical land where fountains just spray, you know, golden water. And and now I live in Los Angeles, as you do, Rob, and like, it's just another city. It's not really that, I mean, yeah, there are nice houses there, but like, it's not, you know, like you go to the Starbucks in Beverly Hills and it's not any different than any other Starbucks in any other city in the country. Like it's, it's just another city. And so it was kind of funny to me now that I do live in Los Angeles, seeing how they portray Beverly Hills in this kind of like over the top way where everybody is just like smoking cigarettes on long cigarette holders constantly. And that's not, it's not really, it's not really like that. (laughs) I, I mean, with any stereotype that's put into a film, you have to amplify it to show sort of like, this is exactly what it is that you're getting. You know, there's a, a complete difference in a line drawn between what is rich and what isn't. I mean, just her knowledge of, of fashion and, and, um, Harriet Winslow, right? Oh my God. Yes. I, I, I love that she showed up. So, uh, one thing that I did learn from this, so they're, they're sort of introducing Shelley Long's character, Phyllis, uh, when they're going through her file and they're talking about every skill that she has and they said something like she her like her attention to detail or she's i don't thrift i can't remember what she said but it cuts to the scene where she's examining this dress and she goes it's missing a bead and then she got a discount from it right yeah so that lady that is selling the dress to her she's actually the writer of the cookie time song it's cookie time Oh. oh wow yes I didn't, know that. I didn't know that yeah i read about that and i was like oh that's so cool that they had her have this like part in the film i thought that was great her name is hillary shepherd and she was the sales associate who sold her the dress with the missing beat i just thought that was awesome to have but i mean you're right noah like i found that this movie especially you know in the 80s it must have just been a thing it's it's interesting that not only the rich are getting ridiculed and looked down in this film, but they do show that these rich people are just snooty and snobby and they just don't care about anybody else. And, but like in the movie, when you meet these little girls, like not everything is glitz and glamor. I mean, you see on the outside, you know, they have all this money, they can do whatever they want, but these rich people also have issues. And some of them may even put on the, facade that they are rich when they really aren't you know the little Mm. girl who had the you know the struggling actor as a father you know she has to hang out with girls who are rich and she doesn't necessarily have too much money and it can be pretty embarrassing so i i thought that was a really nice storyline to have in this to kind of show that it's not all glamorous but yeah ryan if you took a trip over here and went down rodea drive it is not it's not pretty woman and it's not true beverly hills (laughs) (laughs) it's nice it's not bad but it's not like you suddenly, you know, you cross the border into Beverly Hills and suddenly you're in this whole other world. Like a yeah. cape and a cigarette, like you said, all of a sudden just, yeah. as soon as yeah. you walk up the plane, 
<laughs> I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, I, you know, I used to go to LA fitness gyms. Like they have them in Seattle that where I'm from and, and and I went to the LA Fitness in Beverly Hills, and I thought like, ooh, it's the LA Fitness in Beverly Hills. It's gonna be so different. It's it's not. It's exactly the same as every other LA Fitness. Like it's not like the you know the um, treadmills are made of sterling silver or anything like that. It's it's exactly the same. <laughs> So I found, like I said earlier, so I found this movie to be pretty funny. I I liked most of the girls in the troupe. I thought they had some great lines. The the girl who had the movie director as a father, she would just talk way too old for her age. You know, things she learned from her therapist I thought was great. And then um, the girl, God, I'm forgetting names right now. So the girl with the with the boxing father. Oh my you know god, she- I love her with in the car with the police officer. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I noticed? The mother was I didn't I didn't realize this until I saw the credits, but the mother was Kathleen Bradley, who was a Barker's Beauty uh in the 90s. I think she was the first black Barker's Beauty. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I they didn't let her speak, so she clearly was playing that part well <laughs> being a Barker's <laughs> Beauty cuz they don't let you talk on that show either, but nice. I did not know that. That's wow. pretty cool. That's a great. I recognize the name because I'm a nerd like that. But when I saw it in the credits, I was like, Kathleen Bradley, what? That's great, though. That is wonderful. No, I thought that was cool. There are Uh, so many, there are so many great people in this movie. I mean, just, you know, like, like you you mentioned Harriet Winslow and then Audra Lindley, Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. I mean, there's just so many great, like, you know, random people having with these little, you know, Shelly Morrison, uh, Rosario from Will and Grace. I mean, just I know Rosario. I know I miss Rosario. Plain. So I showed a friend uh, this movie for the first time when I rewatched it, and he recognized her the whole, you know, right away. And she was like, "Wow, she was a maid even back I, then." <laughs> like, wow, I know it's this, this, that terrible though. This, this role was casting. just made just for her <laughs> i think it was even the exact same uniform too i would not be surprised <laughs> it was a homage to this movie <laughs> yeah so then we got some film debuts too so carla uh Gugino, this was her first film and this woman had to lie so back when we did babysitters club we talked about the fact that uh one girl had to lie about her age in order to get into this film, but she had to lie, like bringing her age down. Usually you want to lie and say, I'm older to get a role, mm, but she had to depends. lie. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in this film, Gina, uh, Jugino looked obviously pretty like taller than most of the girls. She definitely looked yeah. more mature. So this girl was 16 when they were asking for 14 year olds. So she lied and said she was 14 years old to get this role. And she had to keep on this facade pretty much the whole time in order to get the part. But when they found out about it, they I think it was like three weeks within the film, it was too late to recast her and reshoot, so they just kept her. She but fits that, in, though. I mean, it's not but, like she's distracting. There is all types of girls, tall girls, smaller girls, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, I, I thought she played her role well. And then also in her film debut was Tori Spelling. She had a small role, but, yeah. you know, anybody who watches this film after 
Nano 210. Like she stands out like a sore thumb. Like you cannot miss her at all. But some people may not really remember her. She's wearing the pigtails like she did in Saved by the Bell. But some people may miss her if, if they don't recognize her. But yeah, it was kind of cool to see her too. And I love that uh, there's a scene where I think she's a red feather and one of the other red feathers says something about like, oh, from Beverly Hills. And you see Tori Spelling make this face like, <laughs> and, and like, obviously this is before 90210 or anything else. And so like, it's just funny in retrospect, like Tori Spelling being the one that's like, oh, Beverly Hills. Exactly. When you think of Beverly Hills, at least for me, sometimes I, you know, Tori Spelling comes to mind. She just kind of fits that role and persona and there was even talk of her even joining the real housewives of beverly hills so yeah it's just funny that her start was like making fun of her and stuff (laughs) uh so with the whole phyllis neffler thing so she actually was not the first to possibly get this role they had somebody else in mind and this is the third role that I have heard that this was passed down. So they didn't really think that she was right for it. They almost got Bette Midler to do it. Ooh. You know, it's funny when you said that, the first name that came to my mind was Bette Midler. Exactly. So I've reviewed a couple of shows throughout this podcast, and twice I've ran across movies where she was asked to play or she passed it along. One was Misery and another, because she she passed on Misery to do Hocus Pocus, actually. And another film was Sister Act. She almost did Sister yeah, Act. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And now it's this one. She could have done this, but... Um, she would have been more certain- likable, the character, if it was Bet. I feel like. <laughs> Not that this, Probably she's... Probably so. Whatever she, this woman played the purpose that she played, but I would have liked if it was, it was bet. Yeah, it would have been a really interesting, but I do like Shelley Long in this and just, just again, her rich persona, just the way that she kind of carries herself. She definitely looked like somebody that didn't want to like get messy or whatever. And I think that's what I really like about this movie too, is that it just puts you know, people out of their comfort zone and like what happens if they end up doing this. And it's like, can a woman get down and dirty and get her, you know, hands dirty and actually go through this. But a big part of it also is the fact like she apparently is a woman who doesn't finish what she starts. She just marries into this, to this marriage or whatever. And just all she does is spend the money. Yeah. And I, I don't know the, the movie kind of made it seem like in order for this couple to be reconciled, she had to make a lot of the changes. Whereas the husband didn't really have to do anything, but observe this glow and this change in his wife. And I don't know. I think that was kind of like, eh, for today, like today, I don't know if that would work. I mean, I would think both of them would have some kind of work to be done, but yeah, it was kind of like off-putting to just be like, she's the one that needs to change in order for this to work, not the other way around, you know? Right. And he was seeing another woman. It was like, yeah. It was- the fashion, I thought, was brilliant in this movie. I tried to count how many outfits and costume changes she did, but I lost count. <laughs> but she wore a lot of great 
outfits outfits that i i mean you probably wouldn't see that much today but what did you guys think of like the wardrobe and stuff in this movie i thought it was fun yeah i mean it was definitely that kind of 1980s late 80s early 90s just like over the top i mean i still can't get over the long cigarette holders and how she was constantly smoking because that that really like stood out to me as like you would not see that today but the fashion was yeah it was fun and um i love how they transformed the the wilderness girl uniform you know with the cloak and everything i love it that was such an iconic outfit for me i i don't know just watching it as an adult now it was so great to just kind of have her come into this place and be like look what i'm wearing and you know the the wardrobe guy the fashion guy he was just like burn it like what is the he didn't even want to touch it and then and then for her to kind of come in and just with that you know that cloak and oh she that outfit was so hooked up you know i just i don't know i loved it and then the rest of them got their own that time when they went in to get their you know their pedicures or whatever it just looked like madeline to me (laughs) the way they were (laughs) they were all in line just waiting to you know but also just the idea of well, I don't know about wilderness, but I'm going to teach you how to survive in Beverly Hills, which I think is a thing. I think if you are going to, you know, do the shopping, you got to know how to do it and whatever. So I get it. And I think at the end of the day, the the biggest point of the film was for her to like spend time with her daughter and, you know, you know, form this bond and sisterhood and friendships right. and whatnot, I think was a big part of it. So even though it wasn't wilderness, like these girls still benefited from being a part of a group and, you know, getting, a you know, to know one another. Uh, Ryan, was there anything that stood out to you in the film at all as you were watching it? The scary stories in the hotel. I, I do love that scene, that whole thing with the perm yes. and those girls just screaming over that. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually my favorite scene in the movie. I, I just love the fact because, I mean, it just makes sense for these girls who are not used to being, you know, in the woods and camping and stuff. Like you get a little rain and they're like, hell no, we're getting out of here. I mean, just them packing for an overnight was insane. Do you see how much luggage everybody had when they were ready to get out of there? And so they go to the Beverly Hills Hotel and that's what you do is like, I'm not doing this. We're going to we're going what, what do they call it? It's like clam, like glam camping or glamping. glamping. Yeah. yeah, they're going glamping. But just the next morning, they're watching Pee Wee's Playhouse and they've got the bellhop like playing poker. With those <laughs> hot dogs, right? They were- I know. Yeah. <laughs> and again, very random, but I laugh out loud at this all the time. You know, Phyllis has her, you know, moment where she's like standing tall. Well, I'm going to be at that meeting. And then she marches off and then all of a sudden they just cut to Pee Wee laughing. Guess it's back to the shrink on Tuesdays. So much for being normal. I knew it wouldn't last. Well, I don't know about you girls, but next Tuesday, I'm going to be at the troop meeting. And then they just cut to the next scene. I just think that's so funny. I love that scene. At the end of the film, they go to this jamboree where they basically sort of battle and, and compete to see if they can do a specific course in the woods and make it from start to finish. And the first person to make it back wins. 
do you think that this jamboree is something that you guys could have accomplished based on what they did? I think it's something that I could have accomplished, but when I was a child, would I have wanted to? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was a Cub Scout for about six months and that was it. So oh, wow. Was yeah. was it was there anything that you didn't like about it, your experience, or you just did it and was like, I tried it, I'm done? Um, pretty much everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I just had no interest. I was a Cub Scout for like six months and I had no interest in anything having to do with the outdoors or woodsy or you know, it not my thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But now, but now as an adult, I do like to hike and I do like to, you know, I do like to go for hikes and stuff. So that's why I say like, I could do it. But like, at that age, I would not have wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? I, I agree. Same thing. I, I would, I would have done it. I would do it. But no, I'd rather be inside than crawling on the grounds with insects and... <laughs> all that fun stuff but yeah like nowadays yes i would love to hike or do something like that but not this not this this is not fun as a kid (laughs) yeah that stuff looked pretty dangerous i i'm trying to even remember i don't think i've ever even seen a skunk before like that's how much (laughs) nature i am but like the snakes in the swamps and stuff like Clearly the log scene was not part of the course, but at the same time, that's something that I could not do at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, now, yes, I, I could go on a hike or two or whatever, but <laughs> but they, they definitely put their Beverly Hills spin on it. I love the little whacking stick to kind of like, you know, brush away all of the bushes and tree branches out of the way they use tennis rackets. I, you know, it's just a nice spin that they still are kind of like keeping it what they, what, you know, what they know of and using it towards the wilderness thing. Like those backpacks they invented. What did you guys think of those? (laughs) The little mini closets. That was cute. I thought that was cute. I mean, no one appreciated, but that was a cute idea. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we did mention uh, a little ditty uh, called Cookie Time in the beginning of the film. I think this is another scene that sort of stands out when you think of True Beverly Hills. It was a tactic to sell cookies because all of the other troops, especially the Red Feathers, sort of sold cookies in, in their turf. And so they didn't really have any more other houses to go to because they were all people already bought cookies from others so they decided to put on a concert and sell cookies and they came up with this song and i loved that song when i was younger i wish i could remember the words but that song always stood out and i love that the little black girl sang it and in a tina turner wig right exactly <laughs> a couple of years ago they released a 30th anniversary sort of like segment on entertainment tonight and they had some of the girls there, including Shelley Long, Betty Thomas. And they were talking about the Cookie Time song. And so the little girl who sang it, like, apparently to this day, she is still approached. And they, you know, sing Cookie Time to her. Or they reenact her sassiness to the police officer or whatnot. But she confirmed that that was not lip synced. That was her voice. She sang that. All of it. So kudos to her. <laughs> What did you guys think about this movie today? Is this a film that you think would work? Definitely a Netflix or a... Because Netflix is doing everything. They did the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, this would be a reboot and probably would star 
Simpsons. Who <laughs> would even star in like a reboot nowadays? I would have said Jessica Simpson a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, I'm sure they would have gotten somebody like I'm sure Scar Joe or somebody would have taken this and ran with it or whatever. But I, I guess you would kind of have to think of somebody who's known for having that sort of like Beverly Hills. Oh, oh God. If Lisa Renna did this movie. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, would be love that. She would be so good. Uh, so uh, overall, what would you guys rate this film rewatching it today? Did it hit different with adult eyes and today's, you know, social commentary like lens or did it sort of play off the way that it did back in the 80s? I thought for what it was, this was definitely one of the better kind of, you know, late 80s, early 90s kids family movies. You know, it seems like there were a lot of movies that were intended for families back then that you don't see so much of it seems like today it's you see a little bit more like this is for kids or this is for adults and i think for what it was you know i definitely found it amusing as an adult would i have gone out of my way to watch it i don't know (laughs) but but for what it was it was cute and i enjoyed it yeah same thing um i enjoyed it it was not like a a boring watch by any mean. I wasn't looking at the clock going, Oh my God, I can't wait to for this to be over. It was, it was funny. I laughed. The joke still landed. And I think it is the performances that really, you know, keep it alive, honestly. Yeah, it definitely, it, I mean, the performances, it definitely gave me more respect for Shelley Long. Yeah, truly, truly. She I mean, she great. really did a great job. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. Still, it, it was it was interesting being able to watch it with someone who has never seen it before, especially being our age. And you know, he he was just like, yeah, it was a cute film. It was cool. I mean, you know, he didn't get bored with it or anything. And there was definitely stuff to laugh at. But of course, there are certain things that would stand out depending on the viewer. But I I still enjoy this movie. And if if somebody did it say, you know, like, what's up with this movie? I'd be like, yeah, check it out. I, I don't think there was anything bad about it to where somebody would just be like, wow, that was so cheesy and dumb. I I think the movie's cool. And especially with a lot of the stars that you know today that pop in this movie, I think would be fun to watch. So, Ryan, Noah and I, we saw a, well, I think you saw it, Noah. Didn't, we, didn't you watch the Peaches Christ version of this? Yes, I did. Okay, so yeah, so Peaches Christ is a drag queen who likes to take these films from the 80s, 90s that usually have some kind of like gay following. And she would take the movie and sort of spin it and write a script that's more geared towards, you know, queer audiences. And she would usually incorporate a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race to play one of the parts. So True Beverly Hills was one of these movies Peaches Christ, she played Velda, while a RuPaul Drag Race alum, Trixie Mattel, played the Phyllis Neffler character. And I thought that was really funny. Did you like that rendition that she did? No. Yeah, I I really did. Yeah, no, that was really, it was really good. It was so funny. And and again, that I guess you would say that anybody who would most likely rewatch this film is, is, usually the you know the the queer audience because they can definitely relate to the whole you know 
feminism and female power that's in this movie with the fashion and everything like that but uh, and the cigarette holders and the cigarette holders (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) but you know this reenactment happened like within the last five years so this movie is still being talked about today and you know i've also seen other podcasts kind of like mention it here and there on instagram so the film is still in everybody's minds you know it's it's not one of those forgotten ones is it a cult classic i'm not sure you know, it, it didn't do well in the box office, but this definitely has a following. So I, would I think say that's what that really makes it right. Like, it, yeah. it, it's usually the movies that bombed or were panned and the ones that have audiences. I would say it's a cult classic. I mean, if these yeah. women have cookie time, people coming up to them to sing these songs. Yeah, it's probably beloved. Yeah. Well, the last thing that I'll say about this movie is I was very, very impressed. And this is something that is a very 80s thing, is that not only would you get opening credits to a full length song, but for the most part, you would also get some animated sort of opening sequences, which I believe uh, Who's That Girl is another one that pops in my head. And then there's also uh, Christmas Vacation, got a full animated opening sequence to their film and so in this one the animator is john uh crick falusi so when he did this he is he was a cartoonist for hanna barbera and filmation and then a year after he did this he uh created the ren and stimpy show I, I mean, I like watching it. I did not know that, but I could tell. You this can is Ren totally, and t- exactly. Yeah. You can totally tell. Weird, like the yeah, that look. Yeah, yeah obscure. In fact, that was like the first thing in my notes. Is, is I wrote down Ren and Stimpy opening. That is great. <laughs> wow, it's that's so pretty, cool. That's so good yeah, on the money. If, so if you YouTube this scene, this opening scene, just look. I mean, it just screams Ren and Stimpy. So minus yeah, the could, close-ups of really like terrible the veins and the eyes, yeah, yeah. something popping yeah. out. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for this review. I hope that all of you guys enjoyed all of the summer camp and other summer-like activities that we reviewed on Movie King Proud. I had a lot of fun reviewing all of these films. There were a ton of them during these last three months, some of them that I had never seen before. So I love opportunities like this when I can just like pick a theme and just kind of run with it. I do also want to point out that while this was going on, on Patreon for my bonus episodes, I basically review franchises now. And keeping up with the theme of summer camp, I, along with Brad from the Cinema Guys podcast, have been reviewing uh, the Meatballs franchise. There are four films in total, and we have been doing one film per month. So if you join under the ridiculous tier or faster, then you can listen to this entire franchise as we reviewed Meatballs 1 through 4, and also a ton of other bonus episodes from our archive back from 2020, 2017. So definitely check out patreon.com slash MGP podcast for those episodes. And Ryan, I am definitely looking forward to uh, doing the retrospect this Friday, wrapping up the Jason franchise that has been crazy watching all of those over again especially in a row my goodness Uh, when do we get a vacation from this summer (laughs) vacation (laughs) right 
Well, everyone get used to Noah's voice because for the next month in September, we are celebrating the return of new television by reviewing films with the TV theme. You're going to hear us both review the film Stay Tuned and Pleasantville. So look out for both of those films in September. And I hope you guys had a wonderful summer. Remember, there are no such thing as a guilty pleasure film. Fuck the haters and be proud of your taste. This is Movie Geek and Proud. Are you ready for the summer?